Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible was written and is helpful for many reasons. It's full of examples showing how Jesus wants us to live, love, and serve. It furthers our understanding of God's character and Jesus' sacrifice. And today, Pastor J.D. teaches through the many parallels written to help us better understand Jesus' second coming. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 9, 2020. In the Jewish wedding, the groom pays the price, Muhar, showing the bride his love for her. With our wedding, Jesus paid the price on the cross in full. And this shows us, the bride, how there's no greater love than his laying down of his life for us. In the Jewish wedding, the groom prepares a place for his bride. So after the engagement, they break bread, they drink from the cup, they seal the betrothal, and the groom says to his bride, soon to be wife, I'm going to go now and I'm going to prepare a place, a bridal chamber, a room addition on my father's house so we can consummate and celebrate the marriage. And when it's done, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you and we're going to get married. That was the custom. With our wedding, this is what Jesus said. He said, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions, some translations render it, dwelling places. And where I go, I'm going to come back. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I'm going to come back for you. He's speaking as a groom to his bride. I'm going to go build our bridal chamber. And I'm going to come back and get you. In the Jewish wedding, the father is the only one who knows the day or hour of the groom's return for his bride. And with our wedding, Jesus said that no one but the father knows the day or the hour of his return for us as his bride. In the Jewish wedding, when the bridegroom does come, the groomsmen run ahead and shout, He's coming! And they blow the trumpet. He's coming! He's coming! With our wedding, when our bridegroom comes, it will be with a shout of the trumpet of God that Jesus is coming for us as His bride. Now this is where it gets really interesting, and I did not know this before uh, I did the Before the Wrath documentary. And this is uh, part of what they found, the archaeological digs there in the Galilee region. So the groom comes, 
takes his bride, the bride is placed in this chair and lifted up off the earth and carried in the air to her groom. Just like when Jesus comes, our bridegroom, we're going to be lifted up in the air and taken to him to meet him in the air. Wow. Now, in the Jewish wedding, and this is where we see, can I say it like this, forensic evidence, proof of a pre-tribulation rapture. Because the groom takes his bride to the chamber and they consummate Nisuin and celebrate for a period of Shavua. Seven. Seven is the number of completion. It is Daniel's 70th week. Last time I checked, there are seven days in a week. If you put the bride of Jesus Christ anywhere into the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, you dismantle, even destroy the typology, and God takes that very seriously. Ask Moses about that. What do you mean? Oh, don't you remember what happened? So Moses was commanded, the Israelites are complaining, we're, we're, we're going to were, were there not enough graves in Egypt to kill us and bury us there? God had to lead us out here in the wilderness and kill us. We're dying of thirst. Where's the water? So God's like, hey, Moses, strike the rock and water's going to come out. And so he did. Now it happens again. <laughs> and again, they complain and murmur and, and Moses has had it. And God says, I want you not strike the rock, speak to the rock. But what does Moses do in his outrage and anger? He says, how long are we going to have to put up with you? It cost him the promised land. You know that, right? Why? Because he destroyed the typology. What typology? That rock is Christ. And Jesus was only struck once, crucified once, not twice, after the crucifixion. Now you can speak to Christ. That's what the typology was. You can now speak to the rock, but what does he do? He strikes it a second time, ruins the typology. God takes that very seriously. So Jesus is going to come and take us to this place that he's prepared for us, And we are going to celebrate for a period of seven years. I like how one said it, while the world is tribulating, we're going to be celebrating and consummating our marriage to the Lamb. In the Jewish wedding, this is after the seven years, seven days. There's this huge feast. You know what this means, right? This should be of great encouragement, especially to the guys. Food in heaven. You know, for the women too. You know, it's no cholesterol, no calories, no fat, no nothing. It's the wedding feast of the Lamb. And it's after the seven 
day, year celebration. And we too, after the seven year celebration and consummation, we emerge from the bridal chamber and there's this huge marriage feast of the Lamb that we celebrate. Last one. In the Jewish wedding, the new home of the bride was Jerusalem, and it was the bridegroom who came to the bride to dwell with her. And it's from the new Jerusalem that Jesus, our bridegroom, will dwell with us forever and ever in the new Jerusalem for all eternity. This brings us to the fourth reason, which is that of the trumpets for us. Trumpets in Scripture are sounded to bring God's people up to meet Him or assemble together for a wedding. Trumpets are also sounded for another reason, which is that of assembling God's people for a battle in war. In both the Old and New Testament, there are two trumpets for two distinct purposes. There's also the first trumpet and the last trumpet. Stay with me on this. This is very important. And this is where a lot of Christians get into a lot of trouble when they interpret Scripture, specifically Bible prophecy. The first trumpet is for Israel. The last trumpet is for the church. The first trumpet in the Old Testament for Israel is in the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 16 and 17. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning, interesting, there's a a type, did you catch that? That there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. This was the trumpet, the first trumpet, to assemble God's people to meet Him. The last trumpet is for us, the church. And we see this in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, where he describes the rapture of the church. It's chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, speaking of death, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet key. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, before we go any further, I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to address the trumpet that's in the book of Revelation chapter 10 verse 7. It says, but in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, The mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Now, many suggest that this is during the tribulation and this is the last trumpet and that's why the rapture can't happen until this trumpet in the tribulation. Here's the problem. And here's why that's not true. It's a trumpet that is sounded by an angel. This is not the last trumpet. You have to understand, this is so important. Please don't miss this. There are two trumpets in Scripture, one of which is the trumpet of angels, 
and the other the trumpet of God. The trumpet of angels is for Israel, and the trumpet of God is for the church. And that's why this trumpet in Revelation during the tribulation cannot be for the church. It is the trumpet of an angel. In Matthew 24, verse 31, it says, And he will send his angels with a loud angels, with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect Israel from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Not a trumpet of angel, it's the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Uh, Fifth reason, the uniformity with us. Here again, we see pre-tribulation rapture typology, this time in the Old Testament. And it shows us how these types fit in the sense that they form a unity with us and a prophetic picture for us establishing this uniformity. It's uniform. We're going to start with the first two that the Savior himself referred to in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 26 and 30. He says that as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed." All right, here are just a few of the similarities in this typology in Noah's day as compared with our day, and the same with Lot's day as compared with our day. First, some scholars estimate that the population of the earth in Noah's day was approximately 7 to 9 billion with a B people. And it's estimated today that the population of the earth has reached approximately 8 billion, and very soon will reach 9 billion people. There was very demonic and very sexually aberrant behavior as the norm of the day. Uh, you've heard this referenced as it is in Genesis 6 uh, to the Nephilim. Uh, these were demons. And by the way, I probably should parenthetically say that there's a renewed interest. In fact, you've probably been hearing on the news a lot about these UFOs and aliens, which some believe will uh, be the explanation that they give for the disappearance of millions of people when the rapture happens. I want to be very clear when I say this and go on record and say that these UFOs, these aliens, they are demons. And in Noah's day, it was all about perverting the bloodline which is why they tried to have these sexual relations with the Israeli women, the the Israelite women, 
to mar and pervert and ruin the bloodline from where the Savior would come. I know it's, it's kind of intense. And I don't want to get into it, nor does time permit me to, but what is happening today, it's unspeakable what's happening today. It's unspeakable. The sexual aberrance, the demonic activity. In Noah's day, man's wickedness had become so vast, and the inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And today, man's wickedness is so vast and so evil. Noah preached while he prepared the ark, and people were warned, but no one would listen. Today, Jesus has preached, and people are being warned, but sadly, no one seems to be listening In Noah's day, they knew nothing about what was going to happen until on that day, a flood destroyed the earth. Today, people know nothing about what's going to happen, but there is coming a day when fire will destroy the earth. However, people, as Peter tells us in his second epistle, only continue to mock and ridicule. Before the destruction of the flood in Noah's day, Enoch who walked with God, was no more because God took him. I love that verse. I mean, he's just out, you know, just like any other day, and then poof, he's gone. Where did he go? Well, God took him. How did God take him? God raptured him. Just caught him up in the air. Boom, he's gone. Enoch is a picture of the church. Pre-flood. Noah is a picture of Israel. Israel goes into the seven-year tribulation. But we're not a type of Noah. We're a type of Enoch. And it's pre-flood. Noah and his family, this is an interesting detail in Genesis 7, entered the ark and after seven days, The water of the flood came upon the whole earth. So too will the tribulation come upon the whole earth after we're removed like Enoch, and Israel will enter into the seven-year tribulation, and they will be saved in the midst of the seven-year tribulation as Noah and his family, a type of Israel, was saved in the midst of of the flood, and then after the judgment, they enter the new earth, just like the Jews will be saved in the tribulation, and after the judgment, will enter into the new heaven and the new earth. Let's talk about Lot real quick. Lot was taken very suddenly out of Sodom before the destruction came. In fact, if you read the the text, there's some interesting detail there. You get the impression that Lot didn't want to leave. We know his wife didn't want, we know about what happened with that. But so much so that they had to grab him by the hand, almost by force against his will, and get him out before any fire or brimstone could come down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot is a picture of the church. Now, this answers a question regarding a false teaching known as the partial rapture theory. Let me explain just real quick. Stay with me. 
The partial rapture theory is only those who are really on fire for the Lord, those who are really watching for the Lord, those who are really walking close to the Lord, only they will be raptured. I think you'd be hard-pressed to describe Lot like that. Uh, Lot would be, I think, the poster child for a very worldly Christian, if you will. And he was still taken out before the destruction came down. Whether you like it or not, you're going to go up in the rapture, whether you believe it's pre-trib or not. Because you're saved by grace, not works. And if you have to be walking close with the Lord in order to go up in the rapture, well then all of a sudden you take salvation out of the arena of grace and you put it right smack in the middle of the arena of works, and that doesn't work. This brings us to Joseph. Joseph is one of the most intriguing types of Christ in Scripture. I actually have over 100 Scripture references showing Joseph as a type of Christ. I think that's on our website as well if you wanted to download that PDF file. I want to just focus in on the typology pointing to Israel's salvation in the tribulation and a delivering of Israel in the midst of the tribulation. Just as Joseph saved Israel in the midst of the seven-year famine, so too does Jesus, the greater than Joseph, save Israel in the midst of the seven-year tribulation. Now, this not only points to the seven-year tribulation being for the salvation of the Jewish nation, it also points to a pre-tribulation rapture of the bride of Christ. And I'll explain how I get there. Just as Joseph took a Gentile bride after being exalted, so too did Jesus take a Gentile bride after being resurrected. After Joseph took his Gentile bride, his brethren entered into the seven-year famine. So too, after Jesus takes us as his bride, his Jewish brethren will enter into the seven-year tribulation. Genesis 41.50, here's your scripture reference. And to Joseph were born two sons, before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Why is that detail there? Because she is a type of the church pre-famine. Enoch pre-flood. The bride of Joseph pre-famine. Seven-year famine. A picture of the rapture of the church. After Israel's salvation in the seven-year famine vis-a-vis Joseph, Israel is then delivered out of Egypt, a type of the world vis-a-vis Moses, also a type of Christ, a deliverer. Incidentally, Moses too had a Gentile bride after his rejection by his brethren and before they entered into great tribulation under Pharaoh and all of the plagues. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. 
Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.